0: And I just stood there. I'm like, Nick, (laughs) there is no trail. It's like we are at a dead end. And then it started raining. uh, And that area is uh, notorious for flash flooding. And I'm like, oh, this is just great. We are screwed.
1: The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, Episode 269. The Great Barrier Reef is the planet's largest living structure. And it's so big that it even has its own post box. I wonder how often that mail gets collected. One of the things that people get stressed out about the most when it comes to travel is packing. They don't know what to pack in. They don't know how much to pack. They're worried they're going to forget stuff. And I used to be similar to that. I'd pack for every little thing that might happened to me. And I had two huge suitcases that I would carry around the world with me because what if I needed that extra pair of sandals? Or what if I needed all 15 pairs of underwear and all this crazy stuff? But now I've been able to get it down to just packing in only a carry-on and not just myself, but so has Heather. And it makes it a lot easier. Easier and a lot more stress free to travel if you don't bring a ton of stuff with you. So if you're looking for the best travel carry on backpack, the one that I use all around the world, go check out TortugaBackpacks.com. Don't forget to use the promo code EPOP. That's E P O P, all capital letters, because that'll get you ten percent off your entire order. One, two, three. I'll show you Paris. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today is someone who is an avid reader and writer, and who, despite having anxiety, has managed to hike parts of the Appalachian Trail and even moved away to attend college in Hawaii, Sarah D. Tiedemann, author of Traveling with a Baggage. Sarah, you are brutally honest about anxiety and how you've been dealing with it and continue to deal with it throughout your life, so I'm really excited to have you on, but thanks for joining us and welcome
0: thank you for having me I'm excited
1: and uh, this is a show as I kind of mentioned to you a little bit earlier that people have asked me to do in the past Said, you know travel you know I have anxiety around traveling I've never done it before I have done it but I, I Feel nervous and anxious and all this kind of stuff. I've had a few good friends who've asked me to do it, so now we're doing it. Um, one of our most popular shows we've ever done to date is called Travel Meltdowns. Where a really good friend of mine, we refer to him as Napkins Dave, uh, came on and talked about this this crazy meltdown that he had while we were in China. And um, Heather and I were traveling with him, and. What's going to be really neat about today's show is I get to talk to you, Sarah, about not only what it's like for someone on like like Dave and like you who has anxiety, but also I want to get some advice on how someone who has a loved one or someone they're traveling with how to deal with it and and the stuff that works and the stuff that like you definitely shouldn't do. So really excited to touch both sides of the coin today. So the main question, Sarah, and and the kind of the first question is, when did you first know? That you were dealing with something that was worse than maybe anxiety that a typical person deals with.
0: Uh, growing up as a as a kid, I had really bad separation anxiety for my mom. Uh, whenever she would leave the house, I was just a wreck. I would hang on to her leg. I would cry. You know, it was it. I was a nightmare as a kid, and I would find myself getting really scared just anything out of my comfort zone, and uh, it ended up being a big part of who I was, you know, Um uh, every decision was, I couldn't do anything without feeling anxious. You know, it, it's not just your run of the mill. Yeah. I'm scared to get on an airplane or I'm scared to, you know, go camping. It was, I'm scared of everything.
1: <laughs> so was there anything that you did that helped that as a child that you thought, okay, well, this has made it a little better than what it was?
0: A big part of my anxiety was lack of control and it still is, you know, you, you feel out of control, you get really anxious about it. So the way that I dealt with it as a kid in a very unhealthy way, you know, I was very obsessive and compulsive about what I could control, you know, everything that I had would be set up and, you know, just so, and I was, uh, I would clean, like that was the way that I dealt with it. Wasn't healthy, you know, which is probably why I still have problems as an adult, (laughs) But uh, that—that's how I dealt with with the anxiety.
1: What, one of the neat things when I was reading through your book that struck me was that you had this anxiety, and you had it since you were a kid. And you knew it; you were aware of it too. And you—you you mentioned some of those instances in your book where you were six and eight, and you're like, "Okay, I know this isn't kind of right. I shouldn't be acting this way, but—but but it's who I am." But then you decided to go off. To college to Hawaii like I mean so to me I'm like what's going on here kind of disparate things with are right, you're super anxious you're nervous about stuff you want to control everything you can control and then well okay I'm going from New Jersey where I grew up to as far away as possible basically and going to Hawaii. how did something like that play out
0: you know I don't really know I don't I don't even understand it like even thinking back now I feel like oh my god that was a different person like who did that because it wasn't me you know. I had a boyfriend at the time, uh, whose father lived there. He had spent summers there. He had gone off there. I finished, you know, I I finished high school, and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna go and see what happens, you know. And that was a struggle too, you know. I had decided to go. I was saving up my money, you know. I had tickets three months before I was supposed to leave. The night before I was supposed to leave, I decided I wasn't going. And then the next day I decided I was going, you know, it was...
1: <laughs> Even people without anxiety, like my, like myself, I flip-flop all the time too. So I can relate to at least the idea of yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, yeah. Right up until you get on the plane. Exactly. <laughs> when you got to Hawaii, was it something almost like relief? Like you were there and you were leaving some old stuff behind or, or like was there any shift at all or was it just different place? still the same type of feelings?
0: You know, there there was some relief, and it's, I'm glad that you asked me that. Um, and, you know, I look back fondly on my time there, you know, because I, I learned a lot about myself. It allowed me to just kind of let go. And things were simpler for me. You know, I could kind of leave all that stuff behind and and, you know,
1: move on. Was that a little bit of a breaking point to say, okay, even if I'm still feeling anxiety a lot, I did it. Like, I did it. I'm here. I made it. And you spent, I I think, four years out there finishing up school, right?
0: Yep. It gave me confidence, for sure. You know, like, if I could do that and, and, you know, go through what I went through there and and come back and, you know, I, I would be good with pretty much anything, you know?
1: So then, after Hawaii, move back to Jersey and start, you know, leading a regular life and things like that, does traveling... And has the idea of travel then been a big part of your life? Like after a while you say, okay, I'm going to continue travel. Or did you look at it almost as like a one-off? Like, I went away. Now I'm back. Okay, here I am. You know, normal life, New Jersey, that's it.
0: No, absolutely not. (laughs) Good. (laughs) So stir crazy. You know, like if, if my husband and I don't go anywhere for a little while, I'm going I mean, it's cabin fever all the way. You know, it, it doesn't feel normal to not travel. Like when I was a kid, I would always read and and I, you know, was dreaming about all these places that I would go to. And then I finally, you know, did something when I went to Hawaii, and uh, that just kind of sparked the whole thing.
1: Does traveling exacerbate anxiety, or do you think it helps it, or does it do both? Maybe.
0: It it does a little bit of both. I think it depends on what's happening, you know, and and my mood when it's happening. For instance, you know, uh, my husband and I were in Boulder, and he woke up one night with bites all over him. Uh, turned out we had bed bugs. He wanted to leave. If he caught me on the wrong day, I'd be like, "All right, fine." You know, I'm so anxious about it. Let's just go home. I don't want these things all over my stuff, you know. But uh, instead, we decided to snowmobile in Yellowstone so i I was the one that time I was pushing for it. I was like, "This is not happening. you know i I think that it's a little bit of both for sure
1: yeah it's, that's so interesting, and I think that's true for for anyone with certain days you're just ready to take it on, no matter what you say no we're all the, we're all the way out here. Who cares? It's bed bugs, no big deal. Where other days it can be the simplest thing, and you're ready to just throw in the towel
0: yep, absolutely. We've had a few of those." <laughs> <laughs>
1: What are some of the things that you do that help you get over the hump? Like, let's walk through maybe taking a trip and deciding to take a trip. Is there a lot of anxiety around planning it? Is it more when you're on the trip? Or is there stuff that you do that's helped kind of alleviate a little bit of that?
0: There's definitely some uh, anxiety, you know, in the planning phase. But it doesn't quite seem real at that point in time. You know, it's just kind of like you know, speaking in hypotheticals, really, you know, because anything can happen, you know, you can plan whatever. And, you know, it might not come to fruition. But uh, when I'm on the plane or in the car, that's when it kind of hits. It's, you know, like, okay, we're doing this, you know, and depending on the activities that we have planned and stuff, there's definitely some anxiety during them. But, you know, sometimes after a few days, it, it tends to you know, calm down a little bit for me. But definitely at first, it's like, oh, my God.
1: (laughs) You know, what is gives me, I guess, more anxiety and Heather has to help me, my wife with this a lot is the amount of options. And I think for me, it's one thing that I've had to cut back and say, okay, yeah, there's 100 hotels in this one city and 2000 places to stay on Airbnb. If you don't get the best one or the best deal, that's what it always for me, like what's the best one for the best price? It's okay. And I've, I've literally had to talk myself down a little bit and say, you're spending hours searching for this and you don't even know if it's going to be right or not. Cause you're only ever going to stay at one and not the other. Do you, do you feel that way at all? Like the options, the amount of options down the overload and in the information actually makes me for, feel more anxious than when I just go and do something.
0: Absolutely. A lot of times there's just too many options, you know, and, and I do most of the planning. So I feel like it kind of falls on my shoulders. Like if I pick, you know, the wrong hotel, or if I pick the wrong, you know, tour group or whatever it is, you know, I'm like, this is my fault. you know. <laughs> and there's definitely some anxiety
1: about that too. What kind of things can someone who, who feels that same way and one of my good friends who uh, two years ago wouldn't travel and now does would tell me he's like, I just I don't think it's actually that I'm afraid to get on a plane because I think it's going to crash or anything. I just feel very anxious. And he would just get himself ridiculously drunk and said, I don't like doing that, but I don't know how to do anything different. Are are there things like little hacks that you use now to to help that? Well, you know, honestly,
0: like most of it is kind of in my head. You know, you, you have to learn how to talk yourself down. I try to tell myself, okay, you know, you just have to give in. You're not going to get off the the airplane. You know, you're not going to go screaming towards the front. Let me off of this thing. You know, so you just have to give in to it. You know, you just have to tell yourself, all right, you decided you were going to take this trip. Everything's going to be fine. And just give in.
1: Are there any things that you do that help, whether it be reading a book, listening to music? I, I don't know. Is there anything that you that you can kind of set that, that calms you down some or that helps you mellow out?
0: I usually watch comedies, <laughs> you know, just like short TV shows. You know, it, it, my attention span tends to be a little bit short on airplanes and stuff. You know, I don't really want to get into a whole movie, but I just watch little half hour comedies, you know, and that kind of helps.
1: If someone is having... Some sort of like like panic attack, not just sitting there. Okay, they're in their own head thinking about. it. And this this happened as we told on the travel meltdowns podcast, where where my buddy napkins. I mean, he was full blown panic attack, rocking back and forth. Like we knew he wasn't having a seizure because he could speak to us, but he was obviously in a bad spot. And it didn't help that we're the only white people on the plane. The Chinese flight attendants were like asking if he was all right. We're trying to tell him yes. If like, well, hey, I guess has that ever happened to you where you've had like a full blown panic attack? And if someone did or someone is, is there anything you could recommend to help them out?
0: Before I get on the plane, you know, I'll tell myself, you know, you're fine, you know, because I've had so many <laughs> that I I kind of know what you know what's normal and what's not. A, a lot of people will do breathing exercises looking inward and, and knowing that you're okay. You know, you just have to keep telling yourself, you know, I'm okay. This is a panic attack. My my body is responding to this perceived threat or I need to leave or, you know, it's everything is okay. You know, you're good. <laughs> That's what I just, I, I always tell myself, I'm like, you're good. You know, people do this all the time. You know what it's like, you know what it feels like. Um, it's, it's a lot of self-talk really.
1: And and it must be easier, I think, if you know going in, because for us uh, on this China trip, uh, you know, napkins hadn't flown much uh, before, really hadn't been international for years. So, I mean, us going to China, I, maybe not the best idea right off the bat, because uh, it was, it was you know, it was a tough traveling. But I, I assume that, it, and, and you can let me know if this is right, that, it, that it's a little easier now for you because you do know what you're getting into versus, hey, this is the first time it's ever happening. I don't even know how to talk myself down because I don't even really know what's going on.
0: Yeah, you know, in a sense, I feel lucky that I've had to deal with it so much because I know, you know, I know what my body's doing. I know what to tell myself, you know, whereas a lot of people might not, you know, have that advantage. You know, I I, I mean, I'd rather not have panic attacks, but, you know, it's it's helped me while I was traveling, for sure, to know what it feels like and what to do.
1: Other than the, you know, getting on flights, getting in cars, like the beginning of the trip, is there anything else that you can point to that you know makes you more anxious?
0: Absolutely. Um, (laughs) (laughs)
1: Let's let's rattle them off.
0: (laughs) Um, For me, especially being far away from, you know, civilization or people when we're hiking in certain spots, I get really, really nervous. Cause I'm like, you know, what if something happens to one of us, you know, we're super far away, you know, if we're on a seven mile hike, we're in the cut, how's anybody going to get to us? You know, that for me, or even just, you know, in the middle of nowhere, just driving, you know, still it, it being far away from people, uh, that really gets me anxious.
1: Is there, Something you do, like if you're going to be traveling with other people, and, and so your, your husband, Nick, obviously knows, okay, yeah, Sarah struggles with anxiety and stuff, so he, he can handle that. But if you're traveling with other people, do you let them know beforehand? Would they even know? Like if you didn't say anything and you went on a hike and we went out on a hike today for and, and we stayed overnight or we went camping or something, would anyone pick up on it, do you think?
0: Unless I know you, like if you were a complete stranger, probably Oh, I, um, sometimes it gets out of hand where I need, you know, to talk to somebody about it and kind of work it out out loud, you know, but most of the time it's, it's all going on in my head and you wouldn't even know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And, and do you feel comfortable or would you recommend other people Tell, like, if they were traveling with someone again, maybe this isn't everyone they're traveling with. They meet someone in a hostel and they're going out for the day. They might not say, Hey, by the way, I get really anxious. But if, if they were going on a trip with someone, or, you know, let's even say more than one day, would it make you feel more comfortable telling someone, Hey, I just I get anxious sometimes, you know, this or that? Or would you rather keep it to yourself?
0: I think for some people that might help, you know, especially if, if you have a feeling like it's going to be really bad you know, you should probably tell somebody for me, I like to keep it to myself because it kind of helps when people don't know that I'm anxious because I can, you know, I can put on that confidence face, you know, and be like, Oh, you know, I'm just any other, you know, traveler. I don't, you know, I'm not scared, you know, which kind of helps me, you know, internally, like I'm good, you know,
1: it makes you realize you are just like any other traveler because they think that about you.
0: Yep, exactly. Exactly
1: exactly what are some things that that nick your husband or other people who have traveled with you do that help so like if you're and if you're talking to me and you're saying okay trav you know you're in a situation where you're with someone you know they have some anxiety on um, this or that what are things that we can do to help that person
0: don't say that it's not a big deal you know because it is you know it, it's a big deal to the person that it's happening to you know that's that's the biggest thing you know or you know don't Don't be a baby. Don't say things like that. You know, sometimes for me, it helps when I'm asked like how I'm feeling, you get it out and, and then they ask you why and you kind of, you know, you go through and then you realize, okay, there's really no reason for me to be feeling this way. This is just anxiety everything's okay.
1: What are some things that people do that make it worse? Maybe that's an easier thing. Like, hey, don't do this. Like, you know, you've you've been in that situation where you're anxious and someone's doing this and you're like, this is not making it better.
0: (laughs) Uh, Telling me that there's nothing to be afraid of, you know, because, yeah, okay, maybe, you know, it's not that big of a deal. And maybe I'm over exaggerating or overblowing, you know, whatever it is that I'm scared of. But, I'm still scared of it. Telling me that I'm fine doesn't help me. You know, I kind of, I want to go through that conversation so I can realize it on my own. You Mm. know,
1: is there times where it's better to be left alone? If you are traveling someone to say like, okay, just give me my space. I'd rather work it out on my own. or, Or if someone's doing it with some empathy, is it usually better that they're helping you talk it out some?
0: For me... Sometimes I just need to be left alone, you know, like most of the time, like when I feel it creeping up, I won't even tell my husband, you know, I'll just start a conversation about anything else, anything, you know, just try to keep my mind occupied. Um, but sometimes for me, it's better if I'm left alone. And if it gets to the point where I feel like I can't handle it anymore and it's out of my control, then, you know, if, if, you know, people are speaking to me in a way that I am responsive, you know, then that's Okay. I think it's a matter of preference really
1: i mean it's it's always going to be hard for people who who don't have anxiety or as much anxiety to, to relate right or, or to understand what you're feeling, especially if if you are not hiding it, but you do a good job not showing it and I think that is kind of a good a rule to follow is like all right if you want to be left alone don't talk about it like try to deal with it, but be pretty quick I would say to to let someone know if it's like coming to a head, because then they can help you sooner rather than later.
0: And another good thing um, for the, you know, the person that doesn't have anxiety, just ask how you can help, you know, like, what can I do? You know, because like I said, it's going to be so dependent on the person, the situation that you're in, you know, that that is a good question to ask.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's it's always going to be T- t- totally different based on, on the person and, and where you are and what you're doing and how they're feeling. And like you said, some days you're like, ah, I don't care about bedbugs. Let's go, let's go snowmobiling. And other days, you, you know, you need someone to help you out. So, um, what, what are some of the most misunderstood parts of anxiety, anxiety in general, travel anxiety, any of that? What, what are stuff that people don't really understand or don't get?
0: That sometimes it can get away from you. It's easy to to let the thoughts and the anxieties, you know, build up into this incredible monster, you know. Um, I think that people don't realize that it's very real to the person that it's happening to. And like you said, even if you know that you're going to be okay, it's still very, very, very scary, you know, for, for the person experiencing it. It may start in your head, but you can have physical symptoms, you know.
1: Yeah, what what are some of the outward physical things that can happen if if you are having major anxiety?
0: Um, for me, like first it starts I'll get a little shaky. Um, I'll feel not very sure on my feet. It might be hard for me to breathe, you know, I might be trying to catch my breath. Um, a lot of chest heaviness, generally feeling kind of out of body. As far as outwardly, the shaking, you know, the heavy breathing, You know stuff
1: like that, and is that something that your husband Nick picks up on usually? Uh, Like, is he pretty in tune with it and aware of it?
0: Yeah, you know, he's pretty good. He can read me pretty well. Like, he knows when when things are starting to get a little funky, for sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah. What on on his end? What is it like? What are some things that he's done? that has helped him deal with you dealing with your anxiety? You know, like what, I mean, other than just kind of being aware of it and saying, okay, this might happen, I'm going to be prepared. Is there other things that he's done?
0: Um, He knows to talk to me. You know, I, I will, I mean, talk to me about anything, mundane, you know, completely unrelated to what we're doing, you know, just for me, he knows that he should not talk to me about uh the panic attack itself. You know, I, I don't want to talk about that. I just want to get my mind off of it, you know, and then that helps me.
1: Okay. Interesting. And I guess that's kind of similar. Like you said, is why you're watching comedies on planes. It's like, I just want something to fill my mind with not nonsense, but just something that's not really important and, yeah. and to push it out of your head a little bit.
0: Yeah, definitely. You got to get out of your head. That's, that's the biggest thing.
1: Yeah. So then what was the thought process behind, writing the book and laying yourself out there, I mean, pretty open, pretty bare saying, all right, this is something I struggle with. Uh, In in the book, uh, you give a lot of very specific advice, um, like even like what to pack, what to bring. So there's very logical kind of here, do this, this, this stuff. But then there is the whole abstract portion of here's what you'll be feeling. Here's how to talk yourself down. Was it, an easy book to write? Once you start going, was it really hard? What were you feeling while you were doing it?
0: <laughs> at, at times it was easy, you know, because I'm I am so intimately aware of anxiety and how I feel, you know, and that, that's what's helped me overcome a little bit. Um, but at times it was really difficult because, you know, I, I can't only say what works for me. You know, I kind of have to figure out what might work for other people too. And that was a little bit difficult you know, kind of getting out of my own experience to, to help other people.
1: Yeah. And when you were writing it, was it, was it done? Obviously it was done to, to help other people who were struggling with. Was it also done as a therapeutic way? Like after writing the book, have you felt maybe less anxious? Cause you wrote it and you thought, all right, I'm telling myself what to do almost like you're giving yourself a primer of what to do.
0: Yeah. You know, in a sense, Yes. And in a sense, no, you know? <laughs> we haven't been on a trip in a little while. My husband had some health issues. So, you know, I, I haven't been able to take a trip after finishing it, you know, to kind of see how I do. But in a sense, yeah, it, it, it helped. Yeah.
1: Do you think that it is something that will continue to get better to a point that maybe I mean, maybe it'll cease to exist or not, not anxiety overall because everyone feels it, but almost get to a point of let's say normalcy or, or, or something like that. Or do you think it's something that either can only get better to a point or will just always be there and it's something you have to cope with?
0: I think on some level it's always going to be there. It's waxed and waned as it is, you know, it, it's been good. It's been bad, you know, and, and there's never any real, I never really know, <laughs> I don't expect that I will ever not be anxious when traveling, you know. But I, I think on some level, everybody kind of is, you know, with, with some aspect or another. And and like I said before, you know, anxiety is excitement in in a way, you know. So that's always going to be there.
1: Yeah, it's like a hyper excitement to sometimes an unhealthy level.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. You know, as you've been traveling and, and and you yourself have done quite a lot of hiking and that's one of the things you guys love doing, getting outdoors. And and I do think, at least from my perspective, getting outdoors is one of these cool things and, and just getting out in the natural world, we should say, to kind of, because I'm I'm much more stressy and anxiety ridden than I ever was before. Getting outdoors has really helped me because when you're out there, you just realize like, all right like nature doesn't care. Like no one's running around going crazy here, right? Squirrels are doing the same thing they're going to do tomorrow. Does it help being outdoors? Is that one of the reasons you like doing so much hiking and outdoor type trips?
0: Absolutely. You know, I think that um, for me, it's, it's real easy to become like focused on one thing when I'm hiking, you know, there's one goal, you know, to get up the trail and back again. And that kind of pushes out all the, all the stuff that's going on in my head, you know, and it, it, it allows me to be in the moment, which I have a hard time doing, you know, in, in my day to day life, it's, it's difficult, especially because I'm always in my head, you know, so that, that kind of helps me, uh, focus on one thing. And, and I think that's really healthy and it, it makes me feel good, you know, afterwards for, for a while. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah and I think and and there is something too just being outside and being in nature it's going to put your whole body whether it be your mind but even just everything that's going on a little more at ease because it's it's peaceful. Uh, usually I mean there's places you could be that hard but if you you know if you're out hiking it's usually pretty peaceful and I think that it's very hard not to be calmer there than day-to-day life where like cars are going by and people are on the sidewalk and everyone's yelling and on their phones you know it's like it almost our day-to-day life and, and if we're living in that type of suburban, urban environment, it almost makes you feel like it's very hard to feel peaceful throughout a typical day, I think.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and you kind of you can't not feel peaceful when you're walking on a trail in the woods. You know, yeah. It, it would be very difficult to not feel at peace.
1: Yeah, is there a travel mishap that sticks out in your mind? As uh, yeah, maybe it wasn't funny then, uh, but it certainly is at least a good story now. Maybe even funny now.
0: Well, I don't. I wouldn't. I don't know if I would call it funny now. But uh, my husband and I uh, went to Hawaii uh, about five years after I had come back. Uh, I wanted him to see it, and we were researching, and he wanted to hike the Lao Trail on Kauai. I can't tell you how many top 10 most dangerous hike list that this trail has been on you know it's not i hyped it up a lot in my mind beforehand because of all the stuff that i read about it but i was like all right you know it's the only thing that he wants to do we'll do it you know it was going to be the first roll overnight you know it was going to be three nights there you know hike in with all your stuff hike out so you know i was researching all these trip reports and looking at maps and you know figuring out what we needed and you know i'm doing this months beforehand so i'm like all right i'm good we're going to be good so we get there, and uh, it was a little bit more humid than I thought it would be. I was dying, you know, and, and the trail was super steep, and I just I felt really unprepared, you know, while I was on there. So we get to a junction, and at this point, I'm, like, inconsolable. I'm, like, I can't do this. I was, like, I cannot sleep out here tonight. You know, I'm, like, I need to go back, you know. But then we decided to go on because I had felt bad. You know, we got all the way there. This was the only thing he wanted to do. So uh, we decided to go on. I tripped and sprained my ankle. We're, you know, I'm like, all right, we'll we'll make it to this campsite. You know, if I have to take a boat out, I'll take a boat out. We're, We're too far in now. To go back wouldn't make any sense. So we're hiking along and we get to this waterfall and it's a dead end. And I'm like, well, this isn't supposed to be happening. You know, we're supposed to be at a campsite in like a half a mile. Like, where where is this? And Nick's running around trying to look for a trail. And I just stood there. I'm like, Nick, <laughs> it's like, there is no trail. It's like, we are at a dead end. And then it started raining. Uh, and that area is uh, notorious for flash flooding. And I'm like, oh, this is just great. Sunsets in an hour. Like, we are screwed we ended up being fine. We hiked back, but you know, in, in our disagreement, we realized we took the wrong trail. Um, but we ended up hiking back in the dark. You know, I was, I was a wreck, but that, that was probably be the biggest mishap that we've had. <laughs> yeah. So
1: when you hiked back, you meant you hiked all the way back to the beginning. Like you never found the campsite. Yeah. You had to go all the way back
0: had to go all the way back. He, he wanted to keep, there was a spot where we could have camped. It wasn't technically a campsite, but Nick wanted to stay. I'm like, no, I'm getting out of here.
1: <laughs> At that point, you're like, all right, listen, we're, we are unscathed, relatively unscathed. Let's get out. while we can still get out. Yeah,
0: it's like everything. I was like, no, I, I can't be in here anymore. I was like, if something is telling me that I should not be here right now, I'm going to heed the warning. <laughs> yeah,
1: and you did. And here you are to, to talk about it. So you were right, right? There you yeah, go. You're right. If you followed Nick's <laughs> advice, who knows what would have happened? <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Sarah, so much for coming on. What is in the pipeline for you, either either when it comes to traveling personally or when it comes to the book or anything like that?
0: Honestly, we're kind of trying to figure that out right now. You know, we're, we're really unsure of where we're headed, and that's kind of exciting. You know, we're, we're thinking about doing a little bit long term traveling, you know, but uh, we're working it out.
1: Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And that's an exciting place to be where you're open to kind of anything that comes about and to, to see what happens. So I really appreciate you coming on and honestly just being so open and honest about something that, uh, A, I think a lot of people struggle with and, and, well, maybe maybe they do know it, know it, maybe they don't know it, but then also serving as a role model for people too, not just saying, all right, yeah, get out there and do it. You might be anxious, go do it. But then you're saying, hey, I've done it. Here's what I've done. I've gone to Hawaii. We've hiked. We've done all this. It's not easy. And if you guys read the book, you'll, I mean, you're the first to say, right? You're not saying, oh, I went out and did it and it was grand and everything was great. You're like, I went out and did it. There were times it really, really sucked, but I did it and I continued to do it. So, yeah, it's it's just awesome. And and I really appreciate you coming on, too, as well, to kind of give some advice to people on the other side of, hey, here's on, what you should do, honestly. Don't tell me it's okay. <laughs> you know, don't call me a baby, for sure. But here's things you can do to help, because uh, a lot of us have found ourselves in that situation where, and, and maybe people found themselves in both situations, where they've been super anxious at times, and then they find themselves on the other end, where someone they're with is is super anxious or dealing with travel anxiety. So... Thank you so much, Sarah. And remind people one more time how they can come find you, connect with you, and how they can get the uh, the book.
0: Uh, it is for sale on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. Uh, that's probably the easiest place to get it. Um, and my website, www.sarahdtiedemann.com.
1: Awesome. And we will link all that up in the show notes. If you guys go to sarahdtiedemann.com and you see a girl who plays the flute... Not the right website, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, Sarah D. Uh We'll link that all up, so um, we'll have that all in there. And again, guys, yeah, you can get the book. Um, Traveling with Baggage. Barnes and Noble, Amazon really easy, uh, su- super easy to get. Um, everything that we talked about, it will be in the show notes. You can get that at extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pods. That and all 250 plus other episodes are there with show notes. Everything you could ever want to listen to for who knows how many hours of your life, 250 or more. Uh, there you go. So Sarah, thanks again so much. Really appreciate it.
0: Thanks for
1: having me. And guys, if you're looking for a good travel backpack, you're you're listening to Travel Podcast, you want to travel, check out tortugabackpacks.com. You can use the promo code EPOP, E-P-O-P, all capital letters. I'll give you 10% off your entire order. Don't forget, we're also on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I haven't talked about social media much recently, but Instagram and Twitter, we've been hitting up pretty hard with our travels at Pack of Peanuts, Facebook, Extra Pack of Peanuts, And uh, thank you for tuning in today. Thanks for the continued support as always. That keeps us as the number one rated travel podcast on iTunes. And until next time, happy free travels.